During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed, and some get Del Griffith. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Two happy clams just whistling down the road. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, Paramount Pictures presents Steve Martin. You're going the wrong way! What? Are you mad at me? John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hello game, hello game. Hi, welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. Uh, Thanks for listening and thanks to my sponsor, TruffleShuffle.com. If you head on over to their website, you will see that they cater for all your geeky clothing and retro gift needs. And if you use the codes GRNS15, that's GRNS15, if you spend 25 quid or more, you will get 15% off. Can't be bad. So, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to my listeners over the other side of the pond. Obviously, Thanksgiving isn't something we celebrate here in the UK because we have nothing to give thanks for. Um, But I I hope you have a great time. I hope it's a great day. Enjoy it. Um, Actually, I've been in America uh, during Thanksgiving. My wife and I were in San Francisco. And it's uh, I love San Francisco. Beautiful, beautiful place. Absolutely cracking. Um, of course, the downside was uh, to be in there at Thanksgiving is that everything was shut. <laughs> I wanted to go to Alcatraz, but it was shut. Um, but we we booked a, a, a Thanksgiving dinner cruise for the evening. And to kill time, we had a look around San Francisco. We had a few drinks. Um, actually, I... I <laughs> I dragged, I dragged my wife around San Francisco Chinatown to see if I could spot any uh, filming locations from Big Trouble in Little China. So we did that to kill a bit of time as well, um, and we did the the Thanksgiving dinner cruise, and it was like a, it was one of those buffet things, and you got your drink and you got your dinner. And it was amazing. It was absolutely cracking. The the food was great. The boat took took you under the Golden Gate Bridge. Scenery was absolutely cracking out of this world. The boat also went around Alcatraz. So although I couldn't go in Alcatraz because it was shut, um, I got a good look at Alcatraz and I got loads of great photos. Um, and we, we had an absolutely cracking time in San Francisco at Thanksgiving. But anyway, back to, <laughs> back to what this show is about. Um, so Thanksgiving makes me think of one film uh, 
And it's the best Thanksgiving film. I don't think it's got that much competition, to be honest, but it's the best Thanksgiving film. And it is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, I hope you've seen it, because we're going to be talking about it in this show. Um, you're, you're bound to have seen it. If if you're an 80s kid like me, you grew up in the in the 80s, you'll have seen this. And you've probably seen it more than once, probably seen it a million times like me. Um, and it's a cracking film. So what's it about? So planes, trains and automobiles. Um, it came out in 1987. And obviously it's an American comedy film written, produced and directed by John Hughes. Uh, and actually I want to talk about John Hughes just for a, a, a minute or two. Because um, how good was he, John Hughes? I mean, his list of films, his legacy... Um, is is as is as long as me arm, and I say his legacies because he, unfortunately he died in two thousand and nine. Um, he had a heart attack and he passed away. But the list of films that he either um, wrote and or directed or produced uh, is absolutely outstanding. So he started as an author of humorous essays and stories for National Lampoon. But then, of course, he went on to write the absolutely amazing National Lampoon's Vacation. He also wrote uh, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, which is coming soon, the Geeky Retro Nerd Show, (laughs) Um, Mr. Mom, 16 Candles, We Had Signs, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, Baby's Day Out, Beethoven, Home Alone, Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3. So an absolutely fantastic list of movies um, that, you know, made up a lot of my viewing in the 80s. So huge thanks to John Hughes for churning out these fantastic movies. So anyway, back to Planes, Trains and Automobiles. The film stars Steve Martin as Neil Page. Now, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. Steve Martin, I don't think I gave enough um, um, respect to Steve Martin because when I think about my childhood um, and and movies I used to watch and um, people that I used to love watching in these movies, um, people like Chevy Chase, uh, Corey Feldman... Uh, Gene Wilder, all those kind of people just come flooding to me. And I, I, I never put Steve Martin in that same bracket for some reason. And I don't know why, because I used to watch his films all the time. Things like The Jerk, The Man With Two Brains, Three Amigos, Roxanne. Um, all, the, all these amazing films, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which was on the telly yesterday and I watched it for the first time in a little while. Um, amazing films, and I don't know why I don't put Steve Martin in that same sort of category as the names um, I mentioned earlier, because he was he was a huge part of the movies that I used to watch. Um, anyway, so yeah, Steve Martin's in this film um, as Neil Page, and he's a high-strung marketing executive. Um, and he meets Del Griffith, who was played by John Candy. Um, now, of course, unfortunately, John Candy passed away, but he also left a legacy of absolutely amazing films. Films like Stripes, Splash, Cool Runnings, Summer Rental, uh, love that film, Home Alone, 
Great Outdoors, Spaceballs, Uncle Buck, um, loads of absolutely fantastic films. But in my eyes, um, his best performance is in Planes, Trains and Automobiles as Del Griffith. And I'll talk about that a bit more in a second. Um, so Del Griffith is played by John Candy and he's an, an eternally optimistic, outgoing, overly talkative and clumsy shower curtain ring salesman. I mean, how how did John Hughes think of this? A, a curtain ring salesman. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and they share, Del and Neil, they share a three-day odyssey of misadventures trying to get Neil home to Chicago from New York City in time for Thanksgiving with his family. So the whole premise of Planes, Trains and Automobiles is um, Steve Martin's character, Neil Page, is trying to get home from New York to Chicago and he encounters all sorts of problems getting home and he ends up um, sort of buddying up with John Candy who's also trying to get back home and it's, it, the film's about all the scrapes and um, obstacles that they face um, in their journey. And when I was researching this, actually what I was going to say was, I, I originally wanted to do a bad reviews episode of this um, film, like I did for my last episode, The Goonies. I couldn't find any bad reviews for this film. Um, I, I could only find some sort of... Um, like minor niggly stuff about this film. There are no bad reviews about this film. <laughs> or or if, they're, if they're out there, I couldn't find them. But what some um, reviews do sort of say about this film is it's kind of a rehash of National Lampoon's Vacation. They're both... They are both sort of similar, I suppose, in that they're travelling across the country, but they're totally different. Are totally different. Um, I don't think that's a fair um, a, a fair view of the movie. Now, Steve Martin is uh, very good in this film. In fact, he's excellent. But John Candy, I said before, I think that this is John Candy's best performance. John Candy is excellent in this. He is he is exquisite. I'm going to use the word exquisite because I can't think of anything else. It, it's his best film. John Candy's best film for sure. And the reason I think it's John Candy's best film is because the character he's playing um, is is a bit of a is a bit of a prick. <laughs> he's a bit of a knob, um, and he's meant to be annoying, and he is, and he's a pain in the backside. And and um, Steve Martin's character has got no patience for him whatsoever. But all the time, Candy's playing this character to be um, annoying and a, and a, a bit of a pain. He's he, he's always lovable, <laughs> he's always likable with it, and he's always charming and friendly with it. There's not many actors that can that can pull that off, and that's why I think this is John Candy's um, best performance. So as usual, um, I've tried to I've done a bit of digging. And I've done a bit of research and I've, I've tried to find out some interesting tidbits that you might not necessarily already know about this movie because I've, I've got no doubt you'll have seen this film and, and, and you'll have enjoyed it. Um, so rather than talk about what it's about, because I think you already know, um, I found out a couple of bits and bobs that you might not already know about. So the first thing I found is that um, 
the, the film's actually based on an experience that John Hughes um, once had. So before he became a screenwriter, um, Hughes used to work as a copywriter at an advertising agency in Chicago. And one day he had an 11 a.m. presentation scheduled in New York on a Wednesday and planned to return home on a 5 p.m. flight. Winter winds forced all flights to Chicago to be cancelled, so he stayed in a hotel. Uh, a snowstorm in Chicago the next day continued the delays. The plane he eventually got on ended up being diverted to Denver, then Phoenix, and Hughes didn't make it back until the Monday. Now, what it doesn't say is if he bumped into a shower curtain ring salesman on his travels. I don't think he did. Um, but what it does say is that his experience of such a nightmare journey might explain how Hughes actually managed to write the first 60 pages of the planes, trains and automobiles um, script in just six hours. Now, that's unheard of. Um, 60 pages in six hours. So that's pretty good going. So while I'm talking about the script, actually, um, I, I should say the screenplay, rather. Um, the screenplay for this film was 145 pages long. Now, I think, I think normally, I'm sure I read somewhere that normally a screenplay is about 90 pages long. This was 145 pages, and Steve Martin thought that was way too long. And when I was reading up on this, it says that Steve Martin claims that the first cut of Planes, Trains and Automobiles was four and a half hours long. <laughs> so they had some trimming to do. To get that down, four and a half hours long. So that is a big screenplay, isn't it? 145 pages. Um, and like I say, Steve Martin challenged that. But, wow, four and a half hours. And I played the trailer at the start of this episode there. If you watch the trailer, there's some scenes in there. In fact, there's a lot of scenes in there that aren't in the movie, actually. So um, I'm imagining that um, <laughs> before they trimmed it down they used some of the scenes in the trailer and while I'm talking about things that were cut from the movie you know the bit where the car blows up well um, Neil and Dell uh, were, were meant to go inside a strip club to use a phone um, and Dell gets distracted by the dancers now obviously that is cut from the film, but actress Deborah Lamb, she features in that uh, scene. She didn't know that the scene was cut until she went to the screening of the movie. So that's bad news, isn't it? You think you're going to be in a film, and then you go to the screening all excited, and then you see the final thing, and your scene's not in it. Whoops. Um, and this is another cut, but not a scene that was cut. It was an actress that was cut. Um, Jerry Ryan, I think she was in Star Trek Voyager. She was meant to feature in the movie and it was meant to be her first role. Um, now what it says is, is that her role was cut but the scene wasn't cut. So you know the bit where they're on the bus and they're singing songs and um, Neil starts singing that song. I can't remember what it is because it's not a song I'm familiar with. And everybody's like, oh, 
nobody, nobody starts, nobody joins in with him. And then Dell starts singing the Flintstones and everybody joins in, everybody's loving it. Um, well, she was meant to be in that bit, but she was cracking up at Steve Martin and John Candy. She couldn't, she couldn't stop laughing at them. So they had to, <laughs> they had to go back um, and reshoot that scene without her in it. Oops. Now, this is interesting. Um, Elton John, who was topical at the minute, uh, at least here in the UK, about his John Lewis advert, um, which is causing... I was going to say it's causing a bit of controversy. It's not causing controversy at all. Um, a big advert that come out. People wait with bated breath for some reason every year for the John Lewis advert, and Elton John's in it this year. Um, anyway, I thought it was crap. But Elton John and lyricist Gary Osborne were almost finished writing the theme song for this film when Paramount insisted on ownership of the recording master, which Elton John's record company would not allow. Um, so the song was never released. So that's interesting, isn't it? Elton John wrote a song for this film, and it was the theme song. But... As I say, it was never released because they couldn't agree over the ownership of the song. So that's a shame. I wonder what it was like. Um, oh, you know the bit where um, Neil goes to get the rental car and it's he's, he's walked for miles and miles and miles to get this rental car and it's not there. And he's got to walk all the way back and he's thrown away his rental agreement and everything. And he gets back and he's having a bit of a go. Well, that's an understatement. He's having a massive go at the lady at the desk. Um, uh, that actress, actually, Edie McClurg, she was famously, of course, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was another Hughes film, as mentioned before. And she um, improvised that, that whole dialogue that she had on there. Um, but what I wanted to tell you about is, obviously, there are a lot of F-bombs in that scene which got the film, it's undoubtedly, it got the film, it's R-rating, um, which I read John Hughes tried to argue the toss against, but, um, you know, it, it was it's definitely a rated R when you consider how many F-bombs were dropped in that one scene. Guess how many F-bombs are in that scene? No, not 10, not 15. There are 18 times he drops the F word in that scene. 18 times. No wonder it was given an R. Now the ending of this film is my favourite part of the movie. It's got a wonderful ending. Um, it's really quite heartfelt. And, and, and that's the strength of the film. You know, It's a comedy. In one minute it's got you laughing and the next minute it's got you sobbing because the, the ending really is um, brilliant. And originally the ending, um, the intention was that Dell follows Neil back to his home. But in the end, they, they decided that that was, that was too much for um, John Candy's character. It would be quite tragic of his character to just follow um, Neil back to his family home. So, of course, we get the ending where Neil leaves Dell at the train station thinking that Dell is going to move on to his home. And um, we get this wonderful scene where Neil's sitting on the train 
and he's thinking about Dell, and we sort of get some, it's like some glimpses from the movie, and he's thinking about Dell, and he's having a little chuckle about the the things that they've gone through. Now that scene there, where Steve Martin's thinking, uh, he didn't know Steve Martin didn't know that the camera was on there. He was trying to remember his lines, but John Hughes kept the camera rolling between takes, and he thought it was so good that he used it in the film for this scene where he's thinking about Dell and and it does work really well and of course Neil goes back he sees Dell and um of course we find out that Dell's wife who he's been speaking about throughout the film um uh, he lets on that unfortunately she died 8 years prior so Neil takes him home and it's 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 a brilliant ending to the film and John Candy's brilliant, Steve Martin's brilliant. It's just a fantastic ending to the film. I love it. And and I'm going to leave you, actually, with that um, scene from the film because it's brilliant. But before I do that, I just want to let you know that IMDb gives this movie 7.6 out of 10, which isn't bad, should be 10 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes gives it a really respectable, actually, 92%. Should be 100%. So, thanks for listening. Thanks very much. Like I say, I'm going to leave you with this wonderful end scene from Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Enjoy. I won't stay long or anything. Maybe I'll just come in and say hi, and then I'll be on my way, all right? Just come on. only thing that spoils it is it's not Paul Young's version. <laughs> See you next time.